This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. Welcome to the Rainbow Report. News, opinion, current affairs for the Rainbow community from Joy 94.9, Australia's only full-time gay and lesbian radio station. And now, your host, Doug Pollard. Well, good evening. Thanks, Chris and Cam, for your drive factory. And good evening and welcome to the penultimate Rainbow Report, counting down to the final show next week. Tonight, some bold new beginnings and one rather sad goodbye. Shelley Argent has been leading the charge for parents and friends of lesbians and gays for more than 10 years, but sadly, she's now stepping down to take care of her health. Although she won't be disappearing entirely, she'll no longer be the front woman, if I can call it that. We take the chance for one last conversation and to thank her for all she's done. Now, the incoming government has lost no time in putting its boots on and marching to war on dozens of government organisations and programmes that don't fit with its ideology. If you were listening last week, you'll have heard about the ACT Equal Marriage Bill, which certainly doesn't, and how the government plans to stop it if it can. Ivan Hinton of Australian Marriage Equality explains why we need to fight back and why we need as many signatures as possible on the petition asking the government to keep their hands off. The arrival of the new government has emboldened all kinds of people to take a stand that perhaps, in some cases, exceeds their authority. One such was the principal of Trinity Christian School, also in Canberra, who forwarded a letter from the Australian Christian Lobby to the parents of his students, urging them to, quote, vocalise opposition to the introduction of same-sex marriage in the ACT. Former pupil of the school, Michael Mazengarb, swiftly organised a Facebook page for present and former pupils of the college to express their disagreement. And in three days, the page garnered more than a 1,000 supporters, and it's still growing. And incidentally, a chalked rainbow crossing appeared in the school car park. Michael brings us up to date with his campaign. There's just a brief window of opportunity left now for LGBTI students who need help and support to apply for a Pinnacle Foundation scholarship. Chairman Sean Linkson will be joining us to, to explain, but uh, keep a pencil handy or whatever you write down with. Uh, you only have till the end of the month to put in your application. Now, as we heard last week, the ACT has introduced a pretty comprehensive marriage equality bill, but the federal government is, quote, taking legal advice with a view to striking it down if they can. Ivan Hinton of Australian Marriage Equality is leading the fight back. He joins us on the line now. Good evening, Ivan. G'day, Doug. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. So, first off, you've started a petition. How's that going? Well, it's going pretty well. I think we're getting close to 12,000 signatures in um, in under a week, uh, which is amazing. Um, and the, the purpose of the petition is to uh, place a bit of pressure on Tony Abbott's uh, to, to refrain from, from impacting the uh, ACT's bill um, because the ACT government, they've got their own little mandate uh, to, to achieve marriage equality. They've had their own election and they won on that platform. Uh, so this is them and their democratic, uh, uh, their, their constituents uh, uh, pushing their democratic will. Um, so we're just, we're just hoping that, uh, that Tony will, 
will leave the ACTB. So we've what we've got here is a case of dueling mandates because the coalition claims they have a mandate for all sort of thing, sorts of things, including opposing equal marriage. So um, if push comes to shove, uh, I suppose they could overturn things. What, what do you think of the chances? What's your reading of the situation? Well, it's, it's interesting uh, about what sort of mandate they, they do have on marriage equality um, after their election, because, of course, they did go to the election uh, with a relatively neutral position. Uh, what they were saying was that they were going to deal with the issue after the election. They were going to have a party room discussion. Now, that hasn't taken place yet. So, Well, not we, as far as we know. It might have not, done. But well, as, as far as we're aware. <laughs> they're not telling us these sort of things anymore. It's certainly not public knowledge yet. Um, so, so yeah, so, so we're, we're waiting to hear uh, what the, what the coalition's uh, position is. So they don't actually have a mandate on marriage equality. They didn't go to the election saying that, um, uh, that they were going to uh, maintain for the next three years that marriage is between a man and a woman. So, so this, is, this is green fields for them. Now, there's other um, bills lined up in other states, aren't there, uh, ready to go, uh, e- even if there's opposition to from the government to this one. And they will be brought in by the states. The situation's a little bit different there, isn't it? Well, it is. It is. Um, it's, it's great that the Territory is moving forward on marriage equality, uh, but we've also got uh, South Australia, New South Wales and Tasmania working um, uh, quite enthusiastically towards uh, towards tabling bills as well. Um, and this is where I think things are going to get tricky on a federal level. If the feds decide to intervene in the territory's bill, uh, what we could end up facing is uh, 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 second-class citizenship uh, status for, for the territory, where the states can achieve marriage equality, but the territory's been vetoed. Um, so that's that's I think something that should should uh, should place some burden on uh, the the Fed's intent intent to uh, to intervene. That would lead to a rather interesting constitutional situation, wouldn't it? Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I, this this whole thing is probably going to the High Court anyway, either you know because of the territory or because one of the states. But if we have kind of an unequal situation in different parts of the country, um, I would have thought that was constitutionally impossible. Well, if, if the federal government uh, does decide that uh, that their position post-election uh, is to maintain the status quo, then the likelihood w- would be that if a state did create um, a, a state-based uh, same-sex marriage law, uh, then it would it would end up in the high court. So, what we're asking um, the, the Abbott government to do is, if they wish to uh, if they wish to test the constitutional validity of the territories right to legislate for same-sex marriage, then that should be tested in the High Court um, because that would be the precedent that would uh, obviously uh, cover the other states' jurisdictions as well. Bit of a high-risk strategy, though, because we could lose. We certainly could, um, but the, the likelihood uh, is, is relatively low. I, I think that the more and more uh, uh, time goes by, uh, the more uh, other jurisdictions... Um, or other countries that we're very closely aligned to um, uh, culturally um, and, and politically, uh, and, and we're seeing uh, support for marriage equality in those jurisdictions, like the, um, the Supreme Court ruling in, in the US uh, and the UK uh, working towards marriage equality, and uh, this is the amazing support that marriage equality achieved in the House of Lords. 
I think these things are going to form part of that tapestry that would be considered in the in a high court um, in a high court case. Hmm. And yet, politically, both sides are really you know not that keen, are they? I know it's a conscience vote on the Labour side; it's undecided on the Liberal side. But uh, you'd have to say that the incoming government is, ideologically speaking, not sympathetic. Uh, they haven't been, um, but uh, as as you'd, you'd all be aware, that we we had a very high profile campaign before the election, the Vote for Love. Uh, website and campaign, mm-hmm. um, and and we had uh, a, a much larger number of uh, candidates um, uh, announce their support for marriage equality than, than ever before, and those candidates were from all um, all uh, sides of the spectrum of politics. So th- there is a very strong conservative argument for marriage equality, mm-hmm. um, and that does exist in the Liberal Party. Uh, the question is whether uh, at this point in time, um, that voice uh, is loud enough, and that's something that we're, wait to, we're, we're still waiting to find out. <laughs> yes, and then you've got, and then you've got the uh, complication of um, the new Senate when it comes in. What is in July, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Where you have some 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 strange a strange mix of mavericks are going to be in there, particularly uh, actually surprisingly strong showing from Clive Palmer's party. Do you know? how the uh, Palmer United Party feels about equal marriage? Well, the, the party has a conscience vote um, and the various candidates have their own personal views. Um, we have, um, we have uh, reached out to, to all of the successful candidates uh, for the opportunity to meet with them uh, and to discuss the issue. Um, so until that's, until that's done, um, we, we really don't know uh, what their positions would be, but we're we're optimistic. Now all this is going to be costing money. The election must have cost money. Um, how's the treasure chest looking? Oh well, it, it takes a battering. Uh, it, it really does. The vote for love campaign was was uh, very expensive, and and we we're very grateful to the support that we received from Ben and Jerry's, as well as the the enormous support that we received from the community. Um, there's always the opportunity for people to to make donations on our website. Uh, we've even got a function where you can uh, to make a regular donation. Um, that's something that you can do if you go to australiamarriageequality.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, we, we, we need as many people as possible to make that contribution because we're, we're not funded um, uh, as well as the Australian Christian Lobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we don't have a million dollar uh, a year uh, war chest. Uh, we're not we're not uh, funded. Uh, we, we don't we don't get uh, paid for this. This is all um, passion for the cause. Um, and so, if if people are out there wondering what they could do and they're unsure, that's one of the one, one of the easiest things that they could do is is help us uh, financially to to lobby these guys in the next term. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, uh, Ivan. Uh, I have put a link to your petition on the Rainbow Report blog, which is joy.org.au slash Rainbow Report. There's a link through to Australian Marriage Equality and also through to your petition on change.org. So if people will kindly click through and sign the petition, and if you've got a few dollars to spare, chuck them in the coffers for the AME. Ivan, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks, Doug. It's always a pleasure. Uh, That was Ivan Hinton of Australian Marriage Equality up in Canberra there. Now, uh, my next guest has been a tireless campaigner for our our rights, uh, until now a seemingly invincible ally, and very much appreciated too. A message come in already saying, uh, 
Women with great responsibilities as stewards of their own space and time. They speak on, they press on, speak out, and stand up for their beliefs. Shelley made a difference and own it. The best gay mum for the media and everyone. And Shelley joins us on the line now. Good evening, Shelley. Hi there, Doug. <laughs> That's really nice, that message. Thank you. It's, it's a lovely message, isn't it? Mm, but um, yes. it's good to know that you're appreciated, and you are very much appreciated. Uh, you've been lobbying the state and federal parliaments for, what, 13 years now? Oh, I have. <laughs> and I actually feel it's just time that I stopped. And I think what's happened is I've got... Um, I mean, I'm not deathly ill or anything. I've got an autoimmune disease that, from people who know these things, they just sat sap your energy and mm-hmm. this is what it's done with me and again it's like with a new government starting up I think this is the perfect time for a new person to step in all fresh and meeting new MPs and such things and um, Donna the woman that's taking my place Donna Goddard yeah yes she is fantastic She's she's 20 years younger, she's got fresh ideas and she's got lots of energy and I'm hoping that she will just be able to finish off what as part of PFLAG is what I started. So not, you know what I mean when I say mm-hmm. I started as far as a parents group goes. Um, and uh, and I have great faith in her, so, so I'm sure she'll do well. Well, uh, you, you may not have started PFLAG, but it, it really, you know, you really caught the public imagination when you went out there, um, initially standing up for your own son, um, yes. which was what motivated you. And I guess what motivates most parents is, is the yes, position of their, right. their, their own children. Um, but you seem to catch everyone's imagination and you seem to, television in particular, seem to like you quite a lot, which is very important these days. Well, I guess, too, I guess maybe that's just because I look like I couldn't be anybody's mum. <laughs> I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but I know I could be. <laughs> I, I suppose for some people it was kind of, um, I, I mean, I remember a lot of com- rather patronising commentary at one time about you being an ordinary suburban mum, you know, and it being yes, a yes. surprise that you were doing this and all that. Did that annoy you? Well, look. You just go with what you've got. And <laughs> and actually, it's interesting when you say patronising because I that didn't bother me so much because I know that it was well-intentioned. Mm-hmm. But what I actually found was when we first, or I started first going down with other mothers, uh, we would sort of literally get the pat on the head and tell us that we were wonderful mothers but we were not going to succeed and we wouldn't get a conscience vote and we wouldn't get uh, the Labor Party to change their <laughs> policy. Well, that happened, didn't it? It wasn't just us. I mean, Rodney Croom had to be one of the most tireless workers. Indeed. So, I mean, it was a joint effort. So when I say I, I don't, don't think I'm meaning just I did it because I didn't. But it was one of those things that then when we got the policy and the conscience vote, well, then they just stopped. Mm. And then they started, when we would go in and start talking about the conscience vote and getting them to vote and all this sort of stuff, um, they then stopped patronising us. Some of them were a little bit nasty and a little bit rude, and that was fine. 
but um, it really made a difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I think I understand what you're doing because I, I, I think you might have found, and I think this is probably what's decided you to retire at this point, that you would have gone back to the head patting stage with this new lot. Oh, yes. And really, I don't have a lot of faith in them and their IQ. And I really wonder sometimes, you know, even with some of the MPs that we met before, you know, it's like, did anybody talk to them before they voted for them? Mm. And and some of these, I mean, these are just downright scary. Yes. Um, as far as I think their limit, you know, capabilities go. And I really, I don't, to be quite honest, I think that... Um, I've been doing this now for way too long and I and one of the things that I'm really tired of and is I'm going through the angry stage is I feel you know like the Irish commercial where the young fellow goes knocking on everyone's door saying please can I marry my partner mm. and I feel that that's what I have to do or had to do when I was going down to parliament knocking on the door saying please sir or madam will you please let my son marry his partner if mm. he chooses and I now I'm just really past that I'm just like really angry and irritated and I think that it's probably best that I leave now because you don't really want to hear about me being abusive to MP. <laughs> <laughs> it would make great television. <laughs> oh, it? But it's not a good look. Well, no. And it doesn't get you anywhere. And this is the thing. You always need to remain calm and focused and not take yourself down to sure. the and, air level. And, and, and after a while, one's reserve, one's reserve of patients do tend to run a bit low. They do, they do. And, I mean, I'm just getting past running up and down those halls and, oh, it's, it's hard work. It's really hard work. It is. And as I say, it's like, going, it's, like, um, it's like that chap in Greek mythology who was always rolling a stone up a hill and you'd have it roll back down the other side and then you've got, <laughs> got to run round and shove it back up again. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Right. Sisyphus. Um, that, that must be how it is now for you. You've just seen the stone roll down and gone, oh, no, yes, can't, yes, can't be I bothered. Let someone else do it. <laughs> that's right. And I know that it's really, really close. And I've talked to Rodney Croom about it, you know, and he's been, he was saying to me, oh, look, you know, just hold off to see what their decision was, whether that allow a conscience vote mm, or not. Mm. But I must admit it was just stressing me way too much. And I thought, no, I just have to, for my own benefit as well, yeah. just call it a day as far as the lobbying goes. Um, and leave it to somebody else. And it also gives Donna time to gear up and, you know, sure. understand everything. Now, and, now, this doesn't um, mean you're giving up altogether. No, you're going to be no. you're going to be working at a at a more personal local level, aren't you? Yes, yeah. And I mean, I'm very interested in the trans community, and I've got a parent support group going, and I'm really interested in supporting the parents. And there's so many parents coming with young children and uh, and and in Queensland at the moment at, at the moment it's really very good we've got this policy about to, or legislation about to be passed we hope that's allowing children to go to school as their chosen gender and you know go to the toilet of choice and all the things that a child needs and then we've also got uh, the issue now where we don't have to worry about going to family courts for puberty blockers. And so it's making it so much easier for the parents and the children 
that are you know young and trans and and so I'm, and then also what we did was here in Oh, you know how um, the Queensland government mm. really isn't the best government, and they closed down the gender clinic in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so with the foundation that I've got, what we did was we provided the funds to open up a new gender clinic at um, Crack, and so I think by doing that and and helping out with the gender clinic where I can, yeah. and then supporting the parents, um, well then that doing something worthwhile for the trans community. Indeed, and, and it's every bit as worthwhile as, as going out there and, and lobbying absolutely. people you're, because you're actually making a difference on the ground. You're actually helping yes. people who, who need the support. Yes, and again, see, this is um, an issue that is emerging now yes. and they're becoming more vocal and more obvious and so they need support. It's like when um, I started with PFLAG back in '99. That's what I feel like it is now. It's like then was the the gay community's time to be starting to rise up. And I feel now is the trans community's time to, you know, start to rise up. And then also, too, um, I'm interested in community education and some public speaking and and still just supporting parents one-on-one. So I'm... I'm stepping down from the role of lobbying just because it's too hectic for me, yep. but I'm certainly not stepping out of PFLAG. I, I'm just not ready for that. No. <laughs> no, 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 can't see you doing that. No, can't see you doing no, that. We, we've, no. just, we've just got another message in here uh, at, uh, relating to what you were saying about arguing with uh, some of the new people in Parliament. Doug, why can't the Conservatives engaged in, engage in a smart intellectual argument about their stance on marriage equality? It's always so hollow and simplistic. Um, well, it is, isn't it? And and most of them are, and again, a lot of the new ones will be uninformed because they haven't had that last three years of us going and knocking on their door and sending them information and things. They, they, so, haven't, they, haven't, they haven't been to Shelley School. No, they haven't. <laughs> I mean, you know, you cannot, be, I mean, people would not realise, I think, how much effort. It's not just the going to Parliament. It's like the regular letter writing every week and it's um, it's and sending out media releases and whether they get you know, you get public attention with the media release or not, it's still that effort of being, you know, putting in all this time and um, and I'm finding like at 63 I'm just starting to slow down a bit so, um, and Ouch. my hubby's retired. Yeah, I know. Ouch. Dad. Yeah, because yeah. I, I just hit 63 this year, too. Oh, I can't. <laughs> and and uh, I, I'm also giving the Rainbow Report a rest for. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, giving it away, actually, uh, after the next week, um, I'm going to step away from the microphone. Probably come back in a little while, but uh, I, 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 like you, I need a break. Yeah, and that's right. And I mean, and this is like, even like I'm saying I'm retiring, I mean, to say who knows what's down the path Mm -hmm. and if things change or Donna's circumstances change and nobody else looks like they're going to pick the mantle back up, well, I may be doing it again. (laughs) Who knows? Because we need somebody to be doing it. You don't sound to me like a woman who really retires. Well, no. I mean, (laughs) really, and... Retiring anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, yeah, exactly. That's right. Uh, another so. message come in here says, uh, Doug, you should do a documentary about Shelley. She's a lovely woman and her honesty is refreshing. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, Sometimes it's too honest. <laughs> no, better that way than the other way. Yeah. Per- well, that's true. Per- per- perhaps we should do that. Perhaps we should do a whole program about you one of these days. We'll do a special. How about sure, that? Sure. <laughs> oh, no, that would be fun. <laughs> and, and see, now I feel like I've got this huge weight lifted off my shoulders. Yes. So, I mean, I feel more like now with the funny stories and, and all the other stuff. Have you thought about, have you thought about writing a book? Well, I wrote a book a couple of years ago, but that was on like my journey as and as a family. But mm-hmm. I haven't written it about the police. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, that it? would be, wouldn't it? If you yes. need, if you need a hand, give me a call. Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be more than happy to help. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I, I think there'd probably only be six people buy that. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be so sure about. That. Mm, yeah. uh, as as as, as uh, the, you know, your honesty, I think, would would, would carry it through as, as as would your sense of humour, because they're, yeah. they're, I mean, you have to have had that to to have done what you've done. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> and and you know what, honestly, sometimes I mean, I think that um, the ignorance of some of the politicians, and sometimes I mean, and I can understand people like if they were uninformed. And, you know, wanting to understand or even if they were uninformed and had their opinions and were willing to talk to and fro, you know, that's fine. But, you know, some of them were just so deliberately ignorant and rude that, you know, it's really mind boggling, really mind boggling. Some people just don't want to listen, do they? No, and and the thing is, there's some that are just definitely off my tick list. I'm thinking, well, don't write to you. I won't waste my time. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, and, and, and enjoy being out of the spotlight for a while. And, I will. Uh, thank you on behalf of all the listeners here, and, I, and I'm sure of pretty well everyone in the gay community yes. for everything and, you've done up to now. And could I actually say thank you? I have received so many Facebook messages and emails that I hope that I've replied to most, but I would really like to say thank you because actually it's been really nice because, you know, you go along in your own way and you don't think about it. But when something like this happens and you get all people saying thank you for, you know, what I've done, it really makes it all worthwhile. And so I would just like to say that I really do appreciate them taking the time to just write and say thank you. So thank you to them. Yeah. Well, that's that's very sweet of you, Shelley. And as I say, all very well deserved. Uh, do enjoy a bit of a rest. I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank don't you. Don't overdo Dad. it. And, okay, thanks. Thank, thank you. you very much. Bye-bye. That, bye-bye. That's uh, Shelley Argent there, the retiring face of PFLAG, but not entirely retiring, just in, just retiring from dealing with boneheaded politicians, from which uh, I can't say as I blame her. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at Joy Now, when the Australian Christian Lobby sent out a letter urging people to raise their voices against the ACT Marriage Equality Bill, Andrew Clayton, the principal of Trinity Christian School in Canberra, didn't hesitate. He immediately sent it on to the parents of every pupil in his school. That didn't sit well with my next guest, uh, a former pupil of that school, Michael Mazengarb. Good evening, Michael. Hi, Doug. Thanks for having you having me on tonight. Yeah, more than welcome, Michael. So, um, first of all, um, 
tell me a bit about the school itself. Is it is it is it a very Christian school? I mean, you know, does it, does it wear its religion on its sleeve? Uh, I guess it would. So it it's very proud of being a, a Christian school. It, it identifies itself as an independent Christian school here in Canberra, so it's not associated with a particular denomina- denomination of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is like fundamental to the school. It is the basis that the school operates on. Um, and a lot of the teaching um, in that, that goes on at the school, uh, going from religious education through to science and, and sort of social um, beliefs are informed by the, the Christian faith of the teachers at the school. So it, it's not surprising, I suppose, that the principal of the school was in sympathy with the, um, the, the Christian lobby. Um, so why did you object to him sending the letter out to the parents? I think it's 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 not surprising, um, and I think it's not uncharacteristic for uh, the school and the pres- uh, the principal to have done this. Um, but that's not to say that it's not inappropriate. Um, this is a school that is responsible for the education of you know some of the the youngest uh, members of our community, um, and for a principal to go out and forward this letter on to parents and and to, to say to parents that you need to you know rise up and and vocalise your opposition to the introduction of same sex marriage uh, legislation in the ACT. Um, that's, uh, but also saying that, that that's a, it's a threat to the very nature of the school itself um, is, is crossing the line. And I, I think that's um, something that was inappropriate. And that's he said it was a me. threat to the nature of the school itself. That's right. So the, the introduction of same-sex marriage in the ACT uh, is somehow a threat to the nature of the school itself. And uh, it's something that I disagree with. I, I don't know how he came to that conclusion. Um, um, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to say, I, I don't follow that logic at all. Yeah, <laughs> me, me, me neither, and, um, and, and many people didn't. And, and when, that, when that letter went out, um, lots of parents vocalised their dismay about it, um, so much so that it ended up being covered in the local newspaper here in Canberra. Um, and when it sort of reached the public domain, lots of people, uh, including you know fellow uh, former students, um, and myself reacted sort of fairly uh, so, so, angrily so, to that. So Canberra being a small town, you're obviously mm. in, in touch with other people who went to the school too, friends from that time. Yeah, um, that's right. They got in touch with you and said, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. So right. what did you decide to do about it? Um, a few of us sort of, um, you know, sort of chatting about it and saying, look, we really, really, really should do something about it. Um, we should find a way that is a very clear, sends a very clear message to the school to, to vocalise our, our dismay and our anger at, at what happened. Um, so on uh, the letter went out, I think, on Friday um, to parents. Um, there was a, a piece in the local paper on Saturday. Um, by Saturday night, we had set up a Facebook page, um, which we began promoting on, on Sunday. Um, by the end of Sunday, we had about 250 likes on that page. Um, this page is set up. Uh, it's called Trinity Christian School Students and Alumni uh, for Marriage Equality. Um, so we were encouraging current and former students to like this page to sort of send this message to the school um, that, that while the principal doesn't support same-sex marriage, that a lot of the community does, a lot of students do, and a lot of former students do. Um, so it's by, been going now for, what, five days? Yes, yes. Now, you've already topped 1,000 likes on the page. That's right. I, I, I checked it just before... Uh, uh, this evening, um, and we're just about to approach 1,300 likes on that page in the space of just, just five days, which is quite quite amazing. That, that, that's pretty good for one one page on Facebook about one school in Canberra. Yes, that's uh, right. Has there been any response from the school to this? 
No, and that's something that's been quite disappointing is that a lot of uh, students, a lot of parents um, have you know, approached the school and asked the school for, for an explanation for why this happened. Um, even the local media here in Canberra has been trying to get in touch with the school um, and there's just nothing. There's no response coming from the school at all. Um, like I said, just trying to ignore it and pretend that it's not an issue. <laughs> Doesn't sound like you're uh, going to let them get away with that. For very no, long. no, we'll keep keep pushing. Um, yeah, it'd be great, it'd be great for the school to come out and, and make a comment. And um, but you know, we just have to do what we can in the meantime. Yeah, well, I, I noticed you published a picture of a rainbow crossing in the school car park, which was uh, uh, another little hint to the principal, shall we say? Yeah, that was great. So someone someone had sort of snuck into the school grounds overnight and, and converted one of the uh, the normal traffic crossings in the school car park into a rainbow crossing. Um, and that was quite, you know, quite a nice thing to do. And quite, uh, people, you know, people on the page thought that was fantastic. And and it's a nice picture that you can give to the local paper and oh, yeah, keep yeah, the whole thing right. keep the whole thing rolling. Yeah. Uh, did they wash it away or have they left it? Um, someone told me did say today that uh, they were disappointed that it has gone, uh-huh. um, but I believe it was still up there on Tuesday. Um, so and it went up on Sunday night, I believe. So it had been there for a couple of days at least. So what? So what's next? Um, I mean, are, are you pushing to get? Uh, do you think you're going to get many more signatures now? Is the or has the pace kind of slowed down? Um, we're still getting a steady stream. Um, so a lot of the early signatures, um, watching the page, I did know that probably the first, you know, three or four hundred uh, likes on that page were definitely students uh, and alumni. Mm-hmm. Um, what's happened now since we've gotten all this attention and we've gotten a bit of media is that we are getting a lot of support from the wider community as well, mm-hmm. uh, jumping on and liking that page, which is something I really can't control. Um, but I think it still sends a very strong message sure. um, that there is a lot of support. Oh, the more the uh, merrier. The more... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what what I've, I've, I've really um, uh, treasured as a result of this is the number of um, current and former students that have come out uh, and taking this opportunity to be able to speak about their experiences of that school. Um, a lot of a lot of students who said that they struggled with their sexuality while they're at their school at the school mm-hmm. um, and felt like they didn't have the, the appropriate support uh, from the school and, and felt like they couldn't be open about their sexuality while they were there. And, and, and was that your experience at school? Was that what it was like when you were there? Uh, yeah, so I had um, you know several friends. Um, who you know went through that school uh, with me, um, and you know people who didn't feel uh, you know comfortable talking about their sexuality well until after they had graduated that school. It was certainly something that um, the school didn't support students doing in terms of being open, open, and um, you know comfortable about their sexuality. Mm. Um, so it, it's great that people have taken this opportunity um, now that you know we've come out and said, look, there is this support there. Um, for those who need it, um, that people are now starting to... We're starting to break down those barriers that people feeling open. Sounds, sounds, sounds like a good case for founding something like a gay-straight alliance at the school or, or something yeah, of the kind. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and one thing I would love, um, and, and something I'm, I'm starting to, 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 to encourage now, is that um, for other people who are at similar schools, um, if you're at a, um, you know, found yourself at a, a conservative Christian school or a religious school, um, and you you're in this environment where you don't feel comfortable about, um, or other students aren't comfortable about being open about their sexuality, uh, is to create a, a similar page or, or a similar group for a movement um, to, to make this you know, unambiguous message to say, look, there is this support 
um, within those communities, sure. um, even if, if the school isn't providing it themselves. You've, you've had support. Have you had any adverse reaction from, say, some of the students or some of the parents? Uh, yeah, so there's, there, there have been comments. Uh, so some of the, the parents, um, you know, they'll make the point that they, they understood what they were uh, doing in terms of sending their students, uh, their, their, their children, to this school. Um, Trinity's sort of open about the fact that they are a, a Christian school and they do run the school on sort of Christian values. Yes. Um, and, and there are, you know, of course, any, anything that's going you know, to run through the internet, you know, it is open for um, anyone really to make comments um, on it. And, and we have seen some people going onto that page and making some um, comments, you know, sort of saying that, you know, what we're doing is, is inappropriate ourselves um, and, and people trying to, um, you know, trying to quiet us down, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's something that... that oh, I, it sounds as though it's got a bit of a life of its own now. Oh, absolutely. And, and, it, and it, that's something that's been really great about that page is that um, I have tried to facilitate sort of open and uh, discussion on that page. Um, and there are people on that page who... Uh, more than happy to, to continue the in, in the spirit of that page in terms of showing support, which is Yeah, great. we've got a message here from a listener saying the Americanization of this type of scare tactic propaganda that mm. the ACL are doing is, is sickening. It's worse than that ugly pamphlet that came out in Indy. Uh, it's repugnant to indoctrinate children with propaganda in this way. Yeah, and, and, and that's something I, I strongly believe. And, 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 and a lot of um, people that have sort of joined in and, and joining the chorus of support for this page um, have shown as well, is that it's, it's one thing to build a school on, on Christian values and it's one thing to sort of take on Christian yeah. values. But, but, um, you, but, but you, want, you want people who can think for themselves as well. That's right. And, and, and when you're in a position as an educator and, and you're running this school as, a, as an institution mm. of education, the product of that education should be people that have been equipped with tools to make decisions about them, you know, about exactly um, about these issues on them, themselves. It shouldn't be sort of forced upon them, and it shouldn't be uh, an environment of fear where that if you are outspoken in support of sexuality, uh, people's sexuality, that um, that you feel fear repercussions from the school itself. Sure. Okay, Michael. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you very much for what you've done, and no, thank, uh, thank you. you very much for joining this this evening. I've put a link to that Facebook page on the program blog, which is joy.org.au slash rainbow report, if you want to find um, that page on Facebook. Michael Mazengarb, thanks for joining Sweet. us tonight. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Now, every year, the Pinnacle Foundation provides scholarships for a growing number of young LGBTI students, and every year, I get one of the people from the Foundation onto the program to talk about it and to encourage people to apply. Applications for next year are just about to close, so it's a good time to talk to the chairman of the foundation, Sean Linkson. Good evening, Sean. Good evening, Doug. Thank you for the invitation. A pleasure to be here. It's nice to have you back again. We've been working our way through your board over the years, I think. Yeah, <laughs> you one, have. <laughs> one after another. Um, now, for those who don't know, for those, uh, just give us briefly what your scholarships are for. Yeah, look, very simply and briefly, our scholarships are provided to LGBTI youth who suffer some sort of marginalisation or disadvantage 
and who on their own uh, might not be able to achieve some of their educational uh, aims or ambitions. So we uh, we cover um, youth uh, between 16 and 24, so anyone between 16 and 24 who meets the criteria um, and particularly around disadvantage marginalisation, we are in a position to help. And what, what we cover uh, are educational costs that include um, university fees or school fees. You can be in high school, you could be at uni, you could be at TAFE. Um, we'll cover your tuition, we'll cover your textbooks, uh, we'll cover your transport to and from your uh, Institute of Education and other bits and pieces um, that uh, are necessary to uh, be successful in your studies. So we're a national organisation and we support students um, you know, as far up as Townsville, right across to Perth and almost everywhere in between. Now, a question's been raised with me uh, before the show. Uh, I got a message in that said, um, this would be something that would be really great for mature-age students who missed out the first time round, uh, mature-age GLBTI students who missed out the first time round because of exactly those factors that you're talking about, because of prejudice, because of discrimination, because of disadvantage. Have you thought about... Um, expanding your work to include mature-age students who want to go back into education later in life? Look, it's a good and a fair question, Doug. And the answer is yes, we most certainly have thought about it. In fact, when we when we uh, took on a little task force to uh, to sort of lay out the plans for what uh, Pinnacle Foundation might look like, we really struggled with, you know, where do we draw the line? And, and our aim um, philosophically and strategically has always been youth. Um, that is the, the area where there is the most need. Um, we're, a, we're a charity. Uh, we survive on donations from the community and co- our corporate sponsors. And, and lit- we really can't be all things to all people. Sure. So we, we had to draw a line in the sand and say, OK, the most vulnerable uh, sector or segment of our community is youth. Uh, we defined youth as 16 to 24. And look, as much as we would love to uh, support um, members of our community that are older than, older than that, uh, we had to make some tough decisions around that uh, and direct our funds, our very scarce funds, to those uh, that particular demographic. Sure. Now, look, to say that won't change in the future, we're only four years old, but in that time we've spent nearly $200,000 uh, and supported 45 young people around the country. So um, not bad for, uh, you know, the first four years, and who knows what, you know, the next four years might look like. So well, about- yeah, well, I, I was going to say, you are you are in the early days, and it is on your radar, and I do understand when you're you know, starting something up, you've got to focus uh, yeah. where you can do the most good, basically as quickly as possible, um, because, uh, as you say, youth are particularly vulnerable. Um, there is also a case to be made that older people... Um, particularly, as I say, mature age people are, can mm-hmm. be vulnerable too, uh, yeah. particularly people who've been forced into, you know, low-paid work and so on and so forth, uh, who would like to get out of that. But I guess, as you say, that's something you can tackle down the track. Um, you are growing quite satisfactorily, aren't you, in terms of both income and what you're able to do? Yeah, I, I think we are. And uh, look, having having the success of 45 scholarships under our belt so far in a relatively short space of time, you've got to remember that we're, we're run purely by volunteers. Uh, almost everything that we raise in terms of funds and donations, uh, we want to go to scholarships rather than overhead. So that's why we've specifically chosen to work entirely on a volunteer basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, we're always constrained by that. We'd love lots of people to do lots of different things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, all of us involved in the foundation are in busy full-time jobs, so uh, we have to balance that. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, I think we're 
we're pretty happy with the amount of money that we've raised. Obviously, would have, we would have liked to have raised millions more and uh, and have a you know a huge stack of money in the bank to, to fund our future growth and future scholarships. But uh, so far, so good. No complaints. And, and the community's been fantastic. We've had such great great take-up. And of course, one thing I should mention, if I may, um, mm. every scholarship winner gets appointed a, a mentor. Um, and uh, typically that mentor is of the same gender, identity or sexuality, ideally uh, very close to where the, um, the scholar is studying, and more importantly, um, an expert in the field of, their, of the student study. And so um, we need and, and continue to get great support from the community uh, in terms of mentor registration. So look, apart from telling everybody that applications close for scholars on the 1st of October. This is also a call out to anyone out there who feels they've got the skills and experience to be a mentor. They should contact our, our website and, and register as a mentor. Yeah, because that's, you know, not everybody can chip in money, but you can chip in time and expertise and knowledge, and it's a way of passing on your knowledge to the next generation. So it's a different way of giving. Exactly right. And look, we welcome, we welcome all sorts of donations, whether they're time-based, money-based or, or future-based in terms of requests and all those sorts of things. How many scholarships are you, are you going to be awarding, do you think, uh, this coming round? Look, it's always hard to tell. Last year, we got 60 applications and awarded, um, awarded 21 scholarships out of that. Um, not sure how many we'll get this year. Was that the largest number to date that you've oh, Yeah, it sure was, yeah. Look, it's, growing, it. it's growing incrementally, and the, the longer we're around, the more people hear about us, and the, and the greater the need appears to be. Okay, so there were 20, 21 last year. How many the year before that? Uh, there was, I think, around 15 the year before that, nine before that, and we issued three scholarship, or two scholarships in our very first year when we were a couple of months old. So it's coming along nicely. Yeah, look, it's growing in the growing the right way. And look, to be honest, we're, we're not we're not. Whilst we obviously want uh, to be well funded, uh, we've got the current financial capacity to fund as many scholarships as as there are needed. Um, so if we happen to uh, uh, issue you know thirty or thirty five scholarships this year, there's every chance that there's enough money um, in the, in the kitty to fund that number of scholarships around Australia. So uh, we're in a pretty good position. So it's about finding the right students to um, to sponsor in this way. What, what in particular are you looking for uh, over and above the basic criteria that you've already outlined? I mean, what kind of people benefit from a Pinnacle Scholarship? Yeah, well, look, you could be studying anything. We've got uh, young people in high school, and in, in fact, we've got some people in private schools whose whose funding has been had been cut off by their parents when the uh, student has come out as gay. Uh, we've got people doing TAFE courses. We've got people doing um, undergraduate degrees uh, at university. We've we've got postgraduate scholars as well. Um, so I, I guess I seem to remember you uh, some years ago. You had someone who was doing a paramedics course, for example. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's exactly right. And we've got accountants, we've got paramedics, we've got social workers, we've got doctors and lawyers, um, you name it. There's there's almost you know everyone represented in our in our scholarship field. But you've got to be what we'd call meritorious. You've got to um, <laughs> not not only do you need to identify as LGBTIQ and demonstrate some sort of disadvantage or marginalisation. But you've got to show that you're worth investing in. Um, you know, we'll, we'll spend a lot of money on you, and it can be anywhere between, you know, three and fifteen thousand uh, dollars. The scholarship value is is based on what your particular needs are and what what you ask for in your application. So that varies from scholar to scholar. 
Um, and so you've got to be meritorious. You've got to deserve being given the money. So you've got to show an application to study. You've got to show a social cons- conscience. You've got to have um, an ability to contribute something to society, either now or in the future. Um, because we're, we're all about investing um, in leaders and people that will make a real difference in life. Um, so you've got to have some of those, those qualities. Now, they might, they might be there in small doses or they may, you know, th- these may be sort of aspirational uh, issues for our scholars, but they're the, they're the, we, we like to say we light the spark within. They're the sort of things that we're looking for in, uh, in our young scholars. Great. Well, as I said, applications for next year are just about to close at the end of the month. Correct. So if you want to get your application in, what you need to do is go to thepinnaclefoundation.org and uh, look up scholarships there where you can find all the criteria and all the forms and everything, and you need to get a wriggle on, basically. Indeed. Get a wriggle on, and uh, we look forward to getting as many applications as we possibly can. Okay. Thanks for your time tonight, Sean. Great pleasure, Doug. Thank you. That was uh, Sean Linkson there, the chair and one of the founders of the Pinnacle Foundation. Thank you for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.